Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Welcome, everyone. I'm uh, Sean Payne, owner and founder of Live Explorer uh, Lifestyle. And today we are uh, at the Housing Signal podcast. I have my co host with me, Isaiah Chass. Isaiah? Welcome. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Ivan. And uh, we have a really cool guest with us today, uh, Ivan O'Neill of Madronas. Uh, and uh, it was kind of really cool how this came about because I'd, I'd seen a couple emails about Madronas mm-hmm. and uh, uh, fire hardening, insurance. Obviously, being in real estate, that's a, it's really topical right now, right? Right. And so, uh, been looking for resources, and then yeah, I saw a couple emails come around, and it was like, I was like, hey, that'd be a cool podcast, and just shot it out there, and then you got right back to us, and uh, it, which is, it's, you know, again, like really beneficial because we're we're talking about this stuff all the time, trying to put it together with all the things that are going on with the insurance industry. We have clients that are calling us on a weekly basis um, that are losing their insurance policies. In fact, I. Right before you got here, about like five minutes before you got here, uh, I had an agent just had that conversation with another agent on another another property. So so um, yeah, it's just it's just really great to have you here and to hear about what you guys are about uh, because we uh, we need resources like this. So let's madronas. Yeah, well, thanks for reaching out and having me on here. Uh, I'm the CEO co-founder of Madronas Wildfire Defense. Uh, we got started a little over two years ago. Um, focused on how do we make it simple for property owners, insurers uh, to reduce wildfire risk. Uh-huh. And so we pair that with an inspection to get people started, set the ground rules. We look at all the latest uh, science and research about how homes burn in wildfires and uh, incorporate what the insurance industry is looking for as part of the new rules that are rolling out. Right, right. And then we pair that with the contractor network and and really uh, offer other services to help people get it done quickly. Cool. Um, when we do these podcasts, sometimes we always put together some questions, uh, and we did we did that for this. But I'm gonna totally go off script because I'm just kind of interested in this Let's right do now. It. So, like, yeah. So, uh, you you what industry did you come from? How did you see that? I mean, obviously, there's fires around us, right? But like, like, what what gave you the idea that way? Yeah. Um, what's the origin story, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was uh, living in San Francisco. I've, I've lived in California most of my life. I grew up in, in Washington State. Um, my, my family is from California. And um, I moved to the Bay Area in 2012 and was working in smart home home security oh, okay. uh, for a tech startup that had a platform used by many um, of the largest companies in North America, ADT, Comcast. Um, and in 2017, uh, we, we sold, we exited. I was working for the new uh, Megacorp and um, it was going well, but that was right when Tubbs fire hit. And then next year we saw uh, the campfire destroy paradise and then it just never let up. And um, as I've always been someone interested in, in climate change and, and kind of what we could do to, to stop that, and started doing research. And along the way, I met my co-founder, uh, Aaron Betcher. He's a really bright um, geospatial data scientist and comes at it from kind of the forestry and the big landscape scale background. And together, um, we hatched this idea um, for all of us going through 2020 with you know the orange skies and, and everything just really felt like this was something that really needed to be tackled. And um, for him, all of his family members uh, used to live in paradise. Um, 
the house his, his uh, sister grew up in was destroyed in that fire. So wow. fortunately, oh, they had, had moved the year before, but they had been through many evacuations. And so um, what needs to change and, and how are we going to adapt uh, to this new reality was really the focus for the company. Right. Awesome. That's 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 a very unfortunate what happened up in paradise. But it's it's really cool that you kind of like I, I was assuming you were within the industry or something like that. But you just kind of like a fresh set of eyes said like, hey, something needs to be done here that way. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's really cool. Um, so uh, let's can you walk us through like the site assessment process then? Like like uh, what what elements do you guys evaluate? How, what What's the magic sauce in this? Tell yeah. us about it. So, so it's, uh, you know, a 50-point inspection type of uh, service. So we'll come out, um, meet with the, the homeowner, um, and go over a little bit of the basic science and the types of things that we look at. We're doing everything from the top to the bottom. So primarily focused on the exterior of the house. So roofs, gutters, the eaves underneath the roof, all the vents on the building, so attic, crawl space, uh, dryer, and other vents. We'll look at all the doors, the windows, the siding, and um, any attached decks or accessory structures, sheds, things like that. And then we start moving outward from there. So the the latest science has shown how important it is to uh, maintain a very clean area right next to the house within the first five feet. Mm -hmm. They're calling that the new zone zero. And that needs to be completely non-combustible. Um, so right. it's, it's a big shift from kind of what we're used to seeing in our landscape design. But um, it doesn't mean that everything has to be a moonscape. And then out from there, we go out to about 100 feet from the property. So we're looking at the trees, the shrubs, the grass, uh, any mulches and things on the ground. And there's a few other things too. But those are that's where we, we focus. Right, right. And I think so many people you don't even think about it, but they're fences. Mm -hmm. The wood fence goes right up to the house and that's a candle wick for fire to come straight in. You got it. That's so. a big, big way that homes have been burning. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, uh, uh, again, like as has become more topical in our office, I've been looking at like the fire hardening standards and, uh, again, I'm not an expert on that. I know there's like, there's, there's the Sonoma County has some recommendations that way. And then there's a couple organizations that also have, um, various recommendations too, but like looking around my house, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to take that bush out. I have a tarp attached to my house of so overhang for shade, which, you know, is, is a fire starter. Like there was so many things, the fence, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, going right up. I was like, I need to replace this with a metal, uh, this portion of the fence with a metal fence. I mean, there's so many things, uh, sheds. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people buy like wooden sheds? And I think like one of the standards I was saw was like 25 or 30 feet. You know, if it's, if it's not metal, it should be 25 or 30 feet from, from, homes that way. And I was like, holy cow, I'm in the industry and I'm like, I, I, I'm, this thing's going to go up in flames here. Like this is not safe at all. So, right. so yeah. We, we uh, have a joke. Once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And, right. uh, you know, I try not to be that person at the par cocktail party, uh, judging somebody's house when I come up, but it, it's, uh, once you start to see the videos about this stuff, it's really hard not to, you know, spot it when you're driving around neighborhoods. And right. Yeah. We keep all of our you know, flammable paints and lubricants and all the stuff that, you know, uh, in the sheds that, that you don't want in the house. And so those can be 
what they call fuel jackpots in a fire. Right, right. Totally. Yeah, and there's a lot of things like that you just don't realize. Mm-hmm. So um, so you, you had the, the in-person 50-point inspection, but even mm-hmm. before that, you can do an online assessment. I know we were both playing around with it, plug-in addresses, and it would give us a, a, a risk score mm-hmm. uh, and, and all sorts of analysis based on just a, a, an online analysis. Can you walk us through how that works? I'm sure some sort of artificial intelligence is built into that. Yes. So we... Uh, created this risk score um, early on. It was a model for looking at the vegetation and density at kind of the regional scale as well as the community scale, and then zooming down in on the property levels. So what did we notice about the year that the house was built and what the building codes were at that time? We can make some general assumptions. And then looking at kind of the density of the neighborhood and how close you are to the next neighboring house and then also looking at how much vegetation is is around that area and um, sort of what kind of condition is it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a good starting point, I think, to give folks a, an understanding of their risk and um, to have a conversation and then to take the next step of, of giving us a phone call and we'll always talk to people you know, for 15 minutes, no problem. Right, right. Yeah. And just uh, like, this is kind of like a, a side note, and, and you're going to know more about this than I am, but like the state of California is putting together like a, a safer fire program. It's called the safer fire program, right? Uh, I, I think it's the guidelines are supposed to be out by the, in about 12 months from now um, that way. And potentially then people, hopefully if they do these mitigated, um, they do this mitigation and they get, they, the whole point of this is to make your property safer from wildfires, but also potentially to get reduced in, insurance rates right now. So, um, uh, what you brought up though, was that, you know, uh, in order to get these rates, it sounds like this program, it, you're not going to have individual requirements, but, but the community is going to have requirements that way. So I just say this for like, like if there's any set of council members, or anyone listening to this podcast, that there's going to have to be like a fire contingency, contingency plan for that entire community. And then each individual property owner is going to have to take their mitigated risks. I mean, uh, do, do their own mitigation in order to qualify for that, that lower insurance policy that way. So like, uh, it sounds like you guys were addressing that and looking at kind of like the regional community and then the, 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 the actual property, but it's not going to be like, unfortunately, Unfortunately, if one person just like t- takes like d- does what they need to do and the mm-hmm. rest of the community doesn't, they, pro- they probably won't qualify for that that lower insurance rate. You know, so um, anyway, I just want to bring that up. Yeah. So that's uh, one of the, the big challenges around wildfire uh, in, a, in an earthquake or a or tornado or a hurricane. You know, the things I do don't really affect your risk as a as a homeowner and whether your home suffers damage but uh-huh. in a wildfire. Uh, as we've seen in Paradise, the biggest predictor for a home being destroyed was whether another home within 50 feet was destroyed. Right. Only 5% of homes that had another house destroyed within 50 feet survived. And so the distance, the separation between uh, homes is a key driver and insurers um, right now don't feel like they have the data to be able to understand at a community level um, which, which communities are safe. Flip side to that, and and I don't understand why it is right now. Um, if you have any kind of acreage, like maybe a half acre of land, and your home is more than fifty feet away from a neighboring property, right now uh, you basically completely control your own risk. Mm-hmm. And uh, insurers, though, don't seem to recognize that. And those are the folks that are typically getting dropped mm-hmm. um, when, if they did this work, they could be very uh, protected. Right. Right. Yep. No, uh, uh, 
yeah, like I said, uh, we're ha- this is happening all the time in our industry. And, and I, uh, my mom just completed hers last week. I had like my landscaping crew go out there and looking at like the fire hardening map. I think this was like a couple days before we contacted you and just kind of like, okay, this is what we need to do. And uh, then she had her insurance person come out and walk around and be like, yeah, you did everything that you needed to do. Oh, that's great. So, uh, yeah, she was able to keep her policy in place or whatnot like that. So, so yeah, no, it's, it's really important uh, that way. So, uh Obviously, you're very innovative because you're looking. What can you tell us a little bit like the technology you guys use? That that what what role does technology play in your services, especially in terms of data collection and analysis? That way, yeah. So when we got started, there was no software out there that really did the job of of assessing wildfire risk, and so we started just doing it, you know, with a, a camera, a smartphone, and and building presentations, uh, PDFs as reports. Um, those were taking a long time, and so. Uh, with my co-founder's uh, background and then a friend of mine who um, I've worked with who's built you know, services used by millions of people, we created a, a platform that um, runs inspections start to finish and it includes um, all the different data layers. So we get high resolution aerial imagery. Um, we get the slope, we calculate you know, the slope on the property. Um, we generate all the, the map layers for those different zones around the house and um, give that to the assessor and then someone goes out they've got all this data um, online or offline and this has been used by um, other government entities that want to run programs contractors who do this kind of work are are using the software that that we also use for the inspections so um, that's how we got started and um, so it pairs with the smartphone app and and then we've got the back-end systems Wow. Yeah, that's that's impressive. On on that note, you mentioned working with government agencies. What, who have you started to work with? I, I know we've seen Madronas alongside a lot of uh, County of Sonoma presentations. Is there other uh, municipalities, counties, cities that you're working directly with, or is it a lot of um, direct with, I guess, property owners themselves? It's it's really all of the above at this point. Um, County of Sonoma is the the first customer that we've been working with, and then we're in sales processes with several other counties that I, I can't name at the moment. Sure. Um, we've received a lot of interest from Firewise groups, uh, Fire Safe Councils, um, insurance company, uh, industry players, I should say and uh, also from uh, contractors. But then we have folks who get that dreaded letter that that we've heard a lot about lately um, from their insurance company and they give us a call and and we're able to come out there usually the next day if if we can and, and help get them covered. Right, right. So, so can you just like take a, take us through that process? Let's say let's say someone's had you out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they now have the uh, the report. Where do they go from there? Like how 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 can you implement the help them implement those changes that way? So. Yeah. So for many folks, they they just want the assessment and they're good to go. They've got a long term relationship with either a contractor or a landscaper, and they're they feel confident that they want to go ahead and and do that. Um, usually, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like being in the real estate industry, mm-hmm. usually that means they, they don't get it done for five years. <laughs> like usually they get the report and they put it aside. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I encourage you to, to use Madronas and get through it. Even if you have that, that, uh, that, that nephew that's going to come out here and do it for you. Um, you know, I just, I, we see that all the time. So yeah, just, uh, uh, you know, take the initiative, have Madronas do it for you. 
So anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, so. we, we, we are often uh, teased for, you know, creating the, the, the honeydew list, um, uh-huh. making, making life miserable for whoever does most of the work around the house. And then, uh, and then we follow up in a few months or a week and, and find, you know, hey, is that project done yet? You know? uh-huh. Oh, that's good. So uh, we follow up. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a big part of it. Okay, And cool. so then for folks, though, who are maybe under the deadline um, or who don't know where to start um, or who just want to make sure it's done really well and that, we, you know, we're up to speed on all the latest products and, and materials that can really make a product, uh, excuse me, a project look good and meet all of the insurance industry requirements. Um, we offer a, a service that will design and manage the product uh, project, excuse me. Um, it starts at 10% of the work done. We cap that at um, about $2,000. So, you know, we're not trying to make a ton of money on, you know, going with expensive materials or trying to recommend things that you don't need. Uh-huh. Um, and then we have contractors that are licensed, vetted, who do great work on, on you know, a wide range of homes. Um, and we bring them in and we give them access to the data. They're able to generate uh, an estimate just without having to show up on site. Mm-hmm. And then if the property owner is ready to proceed, um, we bring them in and we run the project. We're available to answer the questions, um, help provide pointers, and then at the end, come back and document it all so that you got a final report to uh, take to the insurance company. That's awesome. That's awesome. And w- with that uh, final report, for anyone that's not familiar with an AB38 inspection, it's from either the um, local jurisdiction being city fire department or from CAL FIRE if you're in uh, unincorporated Sonoma County. Is, mm-hmm. is that something that you could take the Madrona's report and they will look at in lieu of them coming out or will they still have to come out in person? So that is uh, an area that's still evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you, we've been approached by many property owners who want to make sure that they're going to pass the AB 38 inspection. We're very familiar with all of those rules um, and we can definitely advise a, a customer. Um, at this point, the only entities who are able to do those assessments are, as you mentioned, um, actually registered professional foresters can also do them. Oh. And CAL FIRE uh, is rolling out a program for qualified nonprofits to offer these assessments as well. So. Um, and, and they have their freedom in the future to open that program up. So there'll be training and credential and, uh, we're, we're talking with them about how we might be able to, you know, go bigger on this. We've, we've heard from many people that this is a barrier to, um, the home, home sales process and, you know, sellers want to give buyers confidence that there's not going to be a, a ton of work, um, after the transaction closes. Yeah, no, let, let's just clarify that for people listening. Uh, we, we talk about this where I, I really think the, the, the future where we're at is like just like you get like a, a home inspection or something of that nature um, as insurance becomes more expensive and that much more topical. I think like this will become like the standard that way where, um, hey, look, we've done these remediation, you know, uh, or here's what you need to do or something of that nature. And then it becomes part of the negotiation process pretty much every transaction i can see that happening and in, in, mm-hmm. in properties that are in the, the higher fire risk areas that way and certainly um, from an insurance standpoint i forget the statistic we, we were looked at the other day i think 68 percent of escrows being canceled right now in the state of california are due to insurance mm-hmm. so if you know you can head that off the bat with uh, the mitigation uh, it just makes things so much smoother yeah yeah i mean it's 
scary to see what's happening right now. Um, and I've heard of uh, sellers offering two years of insurance, you know, uh, coverage. Right. right. And it's coming out at something like $25,000 is yeah. kind of the right. the amount that sellers are having to give to buyers to. Right. I mean, did, did you just have a, an 8000 like your, your, yeah. your client had like an $8,000 policy on like yeah. just a little home. You know, I mean, like, yeah, that's it's, it's crazy. Uh, that way have you had any interaction with like insurance companies or your clients have and like had positive responses over this like uh anything of that i know that's still like an evolving moving a lot of moving pieces there that way so a lot of moving pieces i would say it's we're in the middle of many of those conversations right now Mm -hmm. um we've seen all state and farmers uh send out pretty stern letters to a lot of their policyholders. From what I understand, something like 16,000 people in California received those letters in the last month. Mm -hmm. And so that's kicking off a whole bunch of uh, inbound uh, calls for us. And we're still working through those projects. We have had customers take our assessments and, you know, hey, this is what I paid for and take that to an insurance underwriter. And depending on the insurer, they'll you know, like your mother's experience, right, they'll, right. they'll say, yep, that looks good. And um, we've also been able to go back and forth with our customers um, and, and act as their agent with the insurance company and, oh, wow. and kind of yeah. negotiate, well, is this really what you care about? Or, you know, what about this? And uh-huh. could we design this in a way that meets their goals, but saves our customers from having to completely redo a, a redwood deck that they paid, you know, a lot of money for three years ago. Right, that's huge. I mean, so many people just, they don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah, with, no, that with, is. Yeah. talking to the insurance companies. Yeah, that's, that's. And how to speak their language, right? Totally. I mean, one of my clients had to uh, install a, um, a water shutoff, they needed added security, and, and then their uh, deductible was <laughs> yes, right. $32,000, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that we're seeing like, yeah, that's what we're seeing is like these standards where like you have to put in security systems. And really, I think it's just a way to kill the policy. It's like, hey, let's let's make sure like let's try to add up the cost of these people. And hopefully one of them can't afford it so we can kill, you know, we have justification to kill the policy that way. Uh, so like I know that in, in Sonoma County, we have a certain set of requirements. If I, I don't expect you to answer, to know this question, I just have to throw it out there. Like I know it's like there's a lot of moving pieces about what the requirements are going to be. Do mm-hmm. you, do you have any idea? Like are are the requirements right now? There's like that five foot of dispensable defensible space. I've been like on so many seminars, like trying to figure out like do they increase that slightly to ten feet? Like I know that's a lot of moving pieces. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but do you have any insight to like where that's going? Because that's what we're trying to figure out is like sure. what exactly are going to be the requirements? And, yeah. You know, and then like I sit on this seminar with the California State, you know, uh, Department of Insurance and it's like I still don't get the answer. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'm sure you're yeah, I'm speaking your language now. Right. So do you have any insight about like, like what the heck's going on with that? You know, yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier there, there's so many players in this space right. trying to bring solutions because it's such a compelling problem that we're all facing. Um, there's there's kind of, I'll call three different bodies or maybe four. Um, one is the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are regulated locally in California, but there's, there's groups out there like uh, the Institute for Business and Home Safety. Mm-hmm. It's um, a nonprofit research arm that a number of the largest carriers in California contribute money to. And then they have research programs that cover wildfire, they cover hail and and wind, and they have programs that 
hey, if this is what you're trying to protect against, this is the standard that you need to build a, a roof to. And they have this thing called the Wildfire Prepared Home Standard. Uh-huh, sure. And that includes this zero to five non-combustible zone zero, as we're calling it. And they measure it from the very outer edge of the home, which includes the roof line, as well as any okay. attached decks. Right. So okay. the way to think about this is your deck is part of your house. Mm-hmm. Any attached structures, that becomes part of the house. And now... Your, your five-foot zone extends from that. Mm-hmm. And it's the furthest point of, of the roof line or the wall. Okay. Um, California's, the next group is like the Department of Insurance mm-hmm. that has created its own program called Safer from Wildfires. Um, That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, and the IBHS one's called Wildfire Prepared Home. I can't remember if okay. I mentioned that. So Safer from Wildfires almost completely overlaps with the wildfire prepared home standard. Okay. A couple differences are that the wildfire prepared home standard requires that you do all of a certain set of mitigations in okay. order to qualify. And there's two different tiers and the safer from wildfires says you can do any of these things. And the insurance company has to give you a small discount basically. I see. So you could do just one. You could okay. just do one. I see. The okay. science backs up IBHS. Right, right. You've got to do Obviously. a minimum set of things if you want to protect against embers. you got to do another minimum set of things if you want to protect against radiant heat that's going to crack windows and ignite siding at 50 feet of distance. So then Safer from Wildfires is the California Department of Insurance Group's framework, and they define that zone zero. Uh-huh. It's less precise. And then you've got the regulatory entity, which is CAL FIRE, the Board of Forestry, and that comes down to the local level as well, like Sonoma County. Right, right. And they've had many rules in place. That's where our building codes are for energy efficiency and now um, also Chapter 7A, which is the the wildfire area um, building standard. And then they've got um, the defensible space rules that have been in place for a very long time. Right, right. And, okay. and that does not currently include a zero to five requirement. Okay. But they have started that process. There was a whole effort to do it. A committee came out with a draft and then it got nixed because people just weren't comfortable with it. And, and there was you know, concerns around how it be, would be received. Uh-huh. Then they just started a whole nother process to try and, and find that. I see. So it's even more... And that's not going to finalize until 2026. Most right. Likely, so we really like, hopefully at some point we need like some type of standardization and then we can start figuring this out a little bit. But yeah. until we have that, there's always going to be this, this confusion that way. It seems I mean, like. it my, really my insider track is it's the wildfire prepared home, uh-huh. IBHS. Nobody can compel the insurance companies to be in business in California. And if that's the standard that they're really lining up on, which... 70% of the insurers in California are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I would send people to focus their attention. Okay. It really sounds like the Safer from Wildfires is more about the insurance commission trying to figure out a way to make insurance less expensive than really address fire risk. Yeah, you would think, why wouldn't you uphold the, the highest standards? Yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The yeah. first one you mentioned totally seems Yeah, like why are we going off right? that, right? Like going off, off the strict standards if we really want to solve this problem. No what comment. You'll have to invite <laughs> the Department of Insurance on <laughs> sure, here sure. and get their take on it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, so what are some of the biggest challenges you faced through this process? Yeah. So, yeah, I would, I would assume dealing with governments and stuff like that and everything, well, probably what you just talked about, right? All these different requirements that way. But what are some of the other challenges you faced that way? Yeah, so aside from making sense of all the different, you know, rules and, and programs out there, um, I think... 
the biggest challenge is um, folks kind of understanding and becoming educated that it's not right. just the defensible space, it's also what I can do to my house and the role that that plays in reducing your actual risk. Like set aside insurance, like I think most people realize even if you do have insurance, losing your home is a catastrophic event. It is ruins your life for many years. It's a long road to rebuild. Hopefully you've got enough money to make it happen. Right. Um, and of course you've lost, you know, a lifetime of memories and, and hopefully no members of your family. But um, yeah, so if you care about reducing your risk, you've got two, you know, kind of knobs that we talk about and getting folks to understand um, that you can reduce the risk by managing the vegetation, but then you can also increase your home's ability to withstand risk by hardening the structure, as we call it, um, doing the wildfire improvements that we've mentioned. So that's uh, education is a big part of it. Um, and then getting the workforce who's qualified, who knows what they're doing, who will show up, who are above board on all this and do a good job with it. I think that's a, a big, big challenge anytime we're trying to get a, a building project done. And lastly, um, you know, dealing with the evolving kind of industry players and standards within the insurance space is definitely um, a challenge. You know, oh, I've got Allstate today, but depending on who you talk to from when you start the project to when you finish it, you know, there's no real requirement that they honor whatever they say. Right. Uh, and that might only be valid for another year. And then they come back and um, they've, they've moved the goalposts on us again. Right, right. And that's that's the worst Part of it, sure. I would say. Sure. Uh, just kind of jumping back a little bit to the fire hardening of the home. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of the things that people can do aren't like huge ticket items. Like, That's right. Like, like I just want to go through that because so people aren't intimidated. It's like, you know, uh, maybe upgrading certain type of vents or like we talked about fencing and things like that. Um, but, but uh, you know, there are, uh, potentially there could be like, you know, siding or something like that um, if you have old siding or garage door. But a lot of them, you can do a lot of the work. They, they're not huge ticket items that way. So people Weather hopefully... Stripping on a garage yeah yeah don't put your head in the sand because like oh shoot i don't want to like you know open up my pocketbook to like a huge renovation project like that's often not the case in this situation just uh, uh you guys have some great diagrams you sent us a presentation so i'm just looking at one of them and that's what it says is that uh most of you don't know you can reduce risk by 75 percent for ten thousand dollars or less and you know again this is something that like uh, the real estate industry i feel like we should be addressing transactionally we should be looking at this now, you know, like mm -hmm. every time through. And so that should be addressed up front. So uh, if you're looking to buy a home, you should be thinking about this. If you already own a home, realize that that uh, uh, it's not the end of the world. But like a lot of these, these things you can do are, are um, not big ticket items that way. So. What would you say is the most, not overlooked, but most common thing that you see can be addressed so easily and quickly from all the homes that you've inspected? I know that's probably pick one. Um, right. I think it's the most effective, but also probably something that is hardest for us to do, um, but could be done in a weekend. Uh -huh. And that is this zone zero, this non-combustible. Right. And, you know, we've got attachment to rose bushes or that favorite uh, shrub. And, and, you know, in many cases, it's just about we're going to move this. You know, right. we're just going to move this to the other side of that walkway. But then what do you put back in its place, right? And I think that we're going to start to see some really uh, cool designs and, and coming out soon. Uh -huh. But, you know, small rocks and larger rocks and that kind of thing. Um, if you are 
we'll, we'll see how the standards evolve and whether right. like some small potted plants are allowed. Uh-huh. Uh, but consider putting some potted plants in there, and but just don't put them near windows. And uh, if your insurer eventually comes back, um, then you might have to move them. Right. But at least they're in a pot that can be moved. Sure. So um, that is probably the the most impactful, least costly, and um, but toughest to do because of, of how we've designed our home and, and to reflect our, our personality and our, our tastes. Right, right, right. yeah. Uh, no, that's true. And I think, like, people just don't like change, too. I mean, the reality is is that this isn't, like, really life-altering. Like, living like this for a couple of years, you never even think about it again with, right. with your trees <laughs> trimmed back a little bit more and things of that nature, you know? Like, people just don't like change that way. But it's really important to do, so. Um, and as you said, um, during the home buying process, that's when both parties are least attached to the house. The seller wants to increase their curb appeal. Right. The buyer doesn't have an attachment to that place yet. Uh-huh. And um, it is the ideal point for, for this kind of work to happen. And um, so any agents out there, brokers, I think it should really be part of the conversation with the seller, you know, getting ready to, to sell. Yep. Yep. And the buyer, too. You, you know, mm-hmm. if you're representing a buyer's agent on our side, yeah. you should inform the buyer like, hey, look, as you mentioned, insurance, like you can sign a policy and then two weeks later they can drop you. That's exactly So like, clients. yeah, you have to know like potentially what can happen that way. And that's an important conversation to have on both sides to figure mm-hmm. things out right up front. Uh, is is there anything else that you'd like for people to know about Madronas or, or your services or anything that way? So anything we haven't covered? New technology coming. Yeah. Cool features, anything like that, anything that way. Yeah, um, we're really excited about what these supercomputers in our pockets can do Uh and um, being able to get the measurements for these projects just with doing a video or a walk around kind of scan. Um, We're seeing some really interesting things there. And um, I'm I'm curious, like. Are you guys using like the lidar? What are you, exactly how are you guys doing it? What are you? What are you? Uh, yeah, the the lidar, the in, lidar. The, in okay. these devices makes yep. them really powerful right. and capable right. of, of getting the information um, and creating even like the three D models. So yep. um, many of the uh, real estate transactions do that now. Um, We're the only brokerage that has our own in house uh, marketing team, including like three D modeling and stuff like that. Very so cool. that's why I was like, hey, are you using LiDAR or what, what, you know, what are you using yeah. that way? So we have so our own Matterport. When those exist already, um, being able to uh, work with those models that are already being captured as part of it. Uh-huh. Um, some other cool things are, you know, training machine learning computer vision algorithms to recognize features so that we can do that community scale assessment and give insurers the confidence that, hey, enough homes in this area are are, are hardened up. Right. Um, and we can, you can write with confidence. Okay. No one of them is going to be able to get that information, but if we're able to, to kind of create a, a data su- source for it, uh-huh. um, that I think will also help bring insurers back into the communities and, and to write more policies. Cool. Cool. That's very cool. So there's a, the website itself that you can go on. That's what I, I was playing around with, with putting in addresses. You mentioned there's an app as well. Yeah. So right now we have an app that is just for the inspectors. Oh, okay. Um, but we're looking at what could that experience look like for sure. a property owner who it's just sure. wants to spend an afternoon or maybe even uh, 30 minutes. Um, downloading something, walking around their house and, and getting educated. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that feature. Uh, 
So uh, those interested in your services, what's what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, the best the way website. to get a hold of us is website. Uh-huh. So Madronus, a slightly different spelling, M-A-D-R-O-N-U-S dot com. Um, you can also give us a call, 707-899-0800. Um, or hit me up, LinkedIn, Ivan at madronus.com, and we'll uh, get in touch. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much for for joining us today. Um, If this is all new to you, it's not going to be much longer if you own a home. Uh, This is every homeowner is going to be dealing with this in some capacity. Uh, So Ivan, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an awesome podcast. Uh, I'm always like, you never know how podcasts are going to go or like, like, what what the guest is like <laughs> great information I'm, I'm i'm this is really needed and uh, it actually like you kind of like fit all the pieces together and it kind of makes sense you know like like how do we accomplish this you know so um this is like the first time i've actually heard of like uh, something that like fits the puzzle of this this insurance fire problem that way so thank you very much for coming on and maybe we can have you on in the future as you guys grow that way so love to Thanks for having me. Cool. Thank you, Evan. Um, If you guys like this, please hit like and subscribe so you can see future episodes. See you guys later. Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.